Well, welcome to the Man Challenge Podcast. I am your host, Bill Search, and I am joined by my friends, Michael Foster. Hey there, everybody. And Brett Williams. How's it going, guys? And today we're talking about one of the most common topics that guys end up talking about. If they don't talk about it, they should talk about it. And if they neglect talking about it, they're going to end up talking about it with a counselor, and that's going to cost them a lot of money. So if you've never really devoted much thought to the whole topic of marriage, to the relationship a man has with his wife. Even if you're a single guy, this is good information, either for you personally, for you to pass along, to share with some other guy. But this is good stuff. You neglect this, and you're going to go broke in the counseling office over this sort of stuff. So let that inspire you to tune in. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like I'm an expert or bright enough to talk about this stuff, but I feel like God's Word has a thing or two to say. Yeah, I don't really have much to say other than what I've been through, but God's Word is a much, much better foundation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most, of my, most of my best things that I could share are a result of tragic mistakes. Of what not to do. Uh-huh, <laughs> what not to say. As I often say, I'm still working on my life memoir. It's entitled, It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read that. So, um, you know, I want us to uh, talk about a verse that was written by the Apostle Peter on the subject of marriage. And uh, if you grew up Catholic, you probably grew up with the idea that Peter was never married. But uh, actually, the, the Gospels present Peter as having a mother-in-law, and Jesus actually healed Peter's mother-in-law, and you get a mother-in-law as part of the deal of marriage. A mother-in-law comes with a wife. That's how you end up with a mother-in-law. So I don't know how he wouldn't have had a wife if he did have a mother-in-law. Maybe he was widowed. However, either way, at one time or another, Peter was married. Whether he was married when he wrote this part of the epistle or the letter, First Peter, but we don't know exactly. But what we do know is Peter had a, a very important thing to say to husbands, and this is in First Peter 3, 7. Peter says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And uh, the old New American Standard Bible that was uh, first written as American Standard like over 100 years ago, and then the New American Standard was like from the, I think, the 60s or 70s. New American Standard says, uh, live with your wives in an understanding way. And the New International says, be considerate as you live with your wives. But the, the, the connotation there is pretty, pretty clear is that we have to understand our wives. And so guys, I'm just curious, how do you how do you learn your wife? How do you learn to speak woman? How do you learn to speak your wife's language? How do you study her? Well, there's this one time <clears throat> I heard a I heard a guy um, tell his son, he gave him a book and he says, "Okay, if you can fill this book out before you die, you've learned everything there is about a woman." And so he handed the book to his son, and he goes, well, where's yours, Dad? And his dad showed him his book, and he opened it up, and the very first page, he had one sentence in it, and that is all he knew about women. That one sentence? That one sentence. I bet that sentence was, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd be a lot further along than most of us. Right. At least he's starting from a place of humility. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting in in a lot of the relationships that I've seen, and I would say also in my own relationship, is you typically will be attracted to or marry your antithesis, your Mm. opposite. 
And sometimes it's so funny because I don't understand at all the reaction or the desire for something, or just whatever it is, I don't understand because it's coming from a place that I know nothing about. And I think it's just really interesting um, in, in that we don't marry people that are exactly like us, that think like us. And I think that it causes us to really have to become that student and you watch and you talk and you react and all of those things bring about an opportunity for a conflict, but it also brings about an opportunity for intimacy. And it's it's basically just sweat equity, I think. And mm-hmm. um, it's probably not the way you want to uh, pitch that. Oh, to your, I to like your lady. it. Sweat equity, but, but it's, babe, <laughs> you are full of sweat equity. <laughs> but it's it's you're you're moving towards um, the the love of your life in a continual way. And if you wrote in your journal that I do not understand women is a great place to start because you know that you have to continue to understand. And I was thinking as you were, you're creating that analogy, Brett, but you better have an eraser on that pencil because <laughs> it can also change. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I learned early on in my marriage is like, well, I, I did it this way one time. Like, shouldn't that always be good? It's like, no. And I learned at any point in time, a woman has the right to change her mind. And that just, that I'd never thought about that as like, you know, <laughs> one plus one always equals two. No. Um, but when it comes to, you know, some of these things, and that actually helped me because I'm not the same. I don't like the same things I did 20 years ago. I don't. I don't do the same things the same way all the time 20 years ago. So um, I've loosened it up in a lot of areas um, where I've also become a little bit more picky in some other areas. And so I changed too. And seeing that happen in somebody else is really, really beneficial. But um, whenever you start to think, ah, I got it figured out, you are about to get into some big trouble. Oh, such a good word, Brett. How do you, how do you learn Mary? How do you learn your wife? You know, we've been together for... A little over 25 years now. And there are days that it's like, okay, I, I know what to expect with this response. I know what to expect when I ask this question. But like Michael said, you know, just as soon as you think you understand or you you're you're, you know, anticipating her reaction, it's gonna change. It could be it, it who knows what it it what why or when it's gonna happen. But um, you know, with with knowing her is also helping know myself, right? And so by by doing that, I can, um, I, I've grown over the years. The person I was when we first got married, I'm, thank God we're not, mm. we're not married like that anymore, right? We've grown, we've, like Michael put it so eloquently, the uh, sweat equity that has really come into play. Um, but I think just spending time yeah. with your wife, right, and listening and I think as you mature and you get um, older in your in your marriage and your relationship, um, there's not that battle to be right or or you know prove someone wrong. You're wanting to understand what she's trying to say or what she's wanting to understand what I'm trying to say. Um, and we we want to do that because we love each other and we want to continue to have this harmonious relationship. You know, I, I appreciate that that it's a it's a life journey, and I'm always learning something new. Like Karen. A couple weeks ago, I, I, it really hit me. I mean, she just straight up shared it with me that women see so much of their value in their children, the accomplishments of their children, the way the children carry themselves, the children's potential, their future. And as a man, I, I see, you know, some of my, I guess, some of my 
self-definition or value in my kids, but it's, it's simpler stuff. Like if my kid isn't a serial killer, if my kid can contribute to society in some way, shape, or form, doesn't have to make a lot of money, just has to be able to be self-sufficient, ideally help provide support for some other people. You know, if my kid is a, a person of strong faith, I, I, you know, I, there's a part where I'm like, score. And Karen explained to me that women, not so much, that, that that's just baseline. They don't feel like score at that point. They feel like, well, okay, every child should be like that. So it's like, you know, how their test scores are, where they get into college, what their major is in college. That She, she told me that women can be quite ruthless in the way they judge one another around these things, and that she uh, struggles with this a bit with, uh, you know, our kids, I think our kids are like amazing. And so that's just one piece that I wouldn't have known really about my wife 10 years ago. I mean, I knew that her role as a mom was important 10 years ago. I didn't understand, oh, it's of supreme importance. And what she told me is, babe, that's what almost all women. Oh, absolutely. Almost all women wrestle with. For sure. And so, and uh, Brett, our wives are at this pretty much same stage of life. So uh, Jennifer, if she doesn't feel this quite yet, Michael, oh, it's coming. Oh, Just wait. I don't think, yeah, I think as soon as you have kids, it starts. It like, starts. I don't think that it, it yeah, it's yeah. like my baby crawled the best or, you know, mm. whatever it is, can spit up yeah. the best or burp the best. <laughs> You're, it's always that comparison game. And uh, I think it is. And it's, it, you, you, you think about the the openness that it takes and yeah. the intimacy that's created with her telling you those kind of things. Yeah. The one thing that I I've I've tried to start do a I don't do a great job of it, but the question I'm starting to ask a, a little bit more now is, well, tell me what you mean by that. And it's not like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's it's really like I want to know what you mean by that. Like what what is what's behind it? And um, there's always that issue that's hanging out that's right in front of your face, but there's always something deeper beneath the surface. And whenever you start to get deeper into to the surface level, uh, under the surface, um, that's really whenever you really get to know another person intimately. And your wife is the most um, important um, relationship that you'll have here on earth. Well, you know, that that really is helpful. Like if a guy is listening and going like, you know, what is my motive for this? It will deepen your intimacy. Right. And I don't just mean physical intimacy, but it does have that impact too. But but the just the the depth of that relationship, the richness of that relationship. I'm 49 this year. I turned 49 and I'm finally at the point where I'm taking retirement investments just a little more seriously than I did before, and so I'm thinking about money in the bank for the future. And this is the kind of stuff, if we live with our wives in an understanding way, with consideration, understanding that we could study them and learn what makes them tick, the different ins and outs. And as a woman changes, some of the things that change, if we do that, it's money in the bank. It is money in the relationship bank, and it will it will return some richness to us. So along with this, what Peter says is that um, as we live with them in an understanding way, uh, the the term is to show her honor or respect as the weaker vessel. And there's no question she's not spiritually weaker and not intellectually or emotionally weaker. She's different. 
but she's not weaker. But I think what Peter's getting at is physically, she doesn't have the same kind of stamina. On average, there's a, I've met some guys that I think their wives might have more stamina, but, but most, most <laughs> situations that's uncommon. So what he, what, what Peter says is, boy, you, you show her honor, show her respect. So how do we do that? How do we show honor and respect to our wives? Well, I think about um, my son is nine years old, and he he likes to wrestle. We're at the, that point in time where he, just, he likes to wrestle, and I'm the kind of guy that it, it doesn't matter if we're playing chess or basketball. When he beats me, he knows that it's it's because he beat me, not because that I let him win. And so I have to work this fine line while we're wrestling of not hurting him. He's nine years old. Um, he's like... <laughs> 40 pounds. And um, it, it's that that I understand. I know that he is not near as strong as I am. And I'm not saying I'm super strong. It's just I'm stronger than a nine-year-old. Um, that, that, <laughs> it's like that game show, you know, smarter than a fourth fifth grader, gra- fifth yeah. grader you know, stronger <laughs> yeah. than a nine-year-old. Yeah. Ne- neither I, one, I think I could fall in that category, except maybe, I don't know. So, But it's just that idea is that, that my son's not quite as strong. And so um, I do things, and of course I don't let him win, but I do things to try to... to to keep him from being injured, and knowing that he's he's weaker than me, um, I'm treating him with a little bit of different care, a little bit of different touch than if I was wrestling Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and so I think in the same way, it's the it's the touch, it's the way that we um, we talk to our wives, it's the words we use, it's the tone we use, is the fact that she's not emotionally weaker than we are. Um, but if we treat her with that respect or that care that we would of something very, very precious. Right. And I think about, you know, not weaker, but maybe more fragile could be a, a, a better way to think about it is if you've got some very, very nice things that are delicate and fragile, you're not going to roughhouse them around. You're going to be very delicate. You're going to care for them in, in incredible ways. And that's kind of what we think about our wives and not because that they're not tough, they're not strong, but it's because we need to be careful with it because they're precious. Yeah, I'm gonna need Brett. the Greek the Greek word for weaker on that <laughs> for weaker. weaker. <laughs> You're gonna go home and tell Mary uh, this. Yeah, no. um, you, you know I just echo what Michael was saying. Yeah. I mean it, he he really did sum it up great. It's um it's it's you're wanting to take care. Yeah, right. It's it's like a uh you know a carton full of eggs. You know it's it's you know you're wanting to take care of that person yeah. and that um you know whether it's physically emotionally you know, help be there for her spiritually, you know, uh, you know, walk with her, um, as you both walk with Christ, you know, it, it's not a, um, I, I think when you, when guys first read this verse, they will immediately, anytime a guy sees weaker, they think strength, yeah. right? Or inferiority as or well. Or mm-hmm. inferiority, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and for even myself, when I first read it, um, you know, I, it kind of triggered real fast. And I was like, wait a second, that's really not what we're talking about here. Right. right? It's not that type of... Yeah, you know, thinking of the word as precious or special, I like, uh, you know, guys, I like how that was brought out, that I think of uh, one of my precious personal possessions is a reproduction rookie year... LK line Detroit Tiger jersey. It was given to me by a dear friend when I graduated from college, and I have owned it 
since 1994, and it's it's special to me. It, it's it's not vintage 1950s, but it's that Cooperstown label on it. It was a very expensive gift at the time, and I bring it out only on special occasions. Wear it only on special occasions, and once I got like a little uh, food, little stain on it, and I hand washed that part off, rinsed it, dried it, because I wouldn't treat that the same way I treat socks or an undershirt. I wouldn't just throw it in warm and then throw it in the dryer. I'd ruin it. I want this thing to be treated with the respect it's due because it is it is of incredible value. And I think that's what Peter's getting at here. It's we we I think you're right, Brett. We see weaker and we're like less important, less valuable. Quite the opposite is if we see her with extreme value. I think that 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 is a great way of framing it so that we think, oh, that all men have that thing that is special to them. And if they thought, I'm going to treat her even more special than that thing, I think that will help us. Well, you know, Peter lands the plane with a warning, and it frightens me a little bit. He says, basically, if you don't do this, God won't listen to you. He says, God won't you know, do this so that your prayers aren't hindered, which is a really lovely way of saying, if you mistreat your wife, then you can talk to God's hand because he's not terribly interested. So how could that instruct a guy to be more thoughtful in his relationship with his wife? How does that, let's just call it what it is, how does that threat help a man straighten up and fly right? Well, if you want anything from God, then, I mean, that's the secret to do it, is just be nice to your wife, and you'll get whatever you want to from God. Yeah, I'm not sure trying. it's that transactional. <laughs> God, I was really nice to her today. How come I didn't get what I wanted? I think it doubles down on the importance of the relationship in um, your... And, and I said before, if you're married, that that wife, your spouse, is probably the most important relationship you have here on Earth with another person. And if you're not going to trust and respect that deep relationship, it doesn't seem that it would go the same way um, with God, is that you wouldn't trust and respect that same relationship, is that you haven't shown um, very good, and, and so obviously um, your, your heart's hard, and um, you need a softening of your heart. And, and it really is amazing if, if, um, if you've got a great relationship with your wife, you know how she can soften your heart, but you also know that she has the potential to really cut through as well. And that's where it's, it's, a, it's a reciprocal relationship. Anything you put in or anything you withhold typically gets done the same way. And so if this is an earthly relationship, it's going to reflect the way that, you, that potentially you treat God. And I don't see how you'd have the most important relationship you have on earth just fall apart and you expect to have a great relationship with our Heavenly Father as well. When I think I think of it as uh, you know, our, like you said, our, our heavenly Father, <clears throat> you know, me as a as a dad, if my son is treating my daughters, you know, not you know, not listening to them or bullying them or antagonizing them, you know, and then he comes to me and says, "Oh, hey, Dad, can I take the car out this weekend?" You know, my first response is like, "Heck, no! You've been rude to your sisters, right?" So I, that's, I kind of put it in that mind frame is that, you know, here we are, if we're going to go before God and this, this holy time and pray, you know, for whatever we're praying for, you know, I, I feel like he's going to be looking at like, well, you were treating my daughter 
right? My princess, um, not with respect. You weren't arning her, you know. You were not, you know, you were treating her as an inferior being, right? And so, no, I'm actually, you need some growing that still needs to happen. So I'm going to withhold that. I don't know if, obviously, God doesn't withhold blessings necessarily, but what I'm what I'm saying is, you no, know. No, I think this is really helpful. This is why I love doing this this way of talking about a Bible verse together, the three of us, because you both brought out really keen insights here. You know, Michael, such a such a good point that that if the relationship that we claim is the most unique and special, that's what we're doing in marriage. We're saying this woman is of more value to me than my best friend, the dude that I went and hung out with all through college, was a fraternity brother with or, or a roommate with, that guy, is su- he's still a friend, but she now supersedes all other relationships. But if the one who supersedes all the relationship, I mistreat, what does that say if I also say, God's really important to me, who I cannot see? You know, this is another thing that's written elsewhere in the Bible. It was John who wrote it. You know, if we say that we love God who we cannot see, so we're loving him by faith, but we hate our fellow man who we can see, we do not love God, is what John says. And then he has a whole bunch of sharp words for us. And then, Brett, I really appreciate that. Real just practical, visual explanation. If, as a dad, if my kids are at each other's throats, in particular, if one is mistreating the other, I'm not going to be overly sympathetic when that one comes to me and starts asking for special favors and pretends that we're all good, because we're not good, because I love my kids, not my kids singular, but I love my children. And so God doesn't appreciate when his kids, when his children are mistreated. So guys, this is such a... Oh, Michael, were you going to add to that? And it's always... it's And I love that idea is that thinking about your wife as as a daughter of God is a great thing, especially, you know, because it's not always wine and roses um, in a relationship, in a marriage, um, is that if you've been married for any length of time, you know that it has its ups and downs. And that... At the bare minimum, um, sometimes you can feel um, some really strong feelings. What what can maybe even help that is understand that that she is uh, God's daughter and He loves her dearly, and that's enough for you to to respect and to listen and to love. Let alone the fact that you you have that relationship. And you know um, what what we were kind of talking about before too is the fact that um, it's the it's if you can treat a, an earthly relationship poorly and think that you can. It, it makes me think a lot about the parable of the servant who was forgiven much and goes around and, and after he's been forgiven a huge debt, he goes and tries to collect a small debt from somebody. It's that same way as if we can't treat these these great relationships and it's 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 monumental, but how much more monumental is it, um, our relationship with Christ? And I think that's the same way. Um, is if we can't be if we can't forgive a little, we won't be forgiven of much. I love it. What a great way! And you're going to have the final word on that. That's where we're going to land the plane. What a great reminder! We have been forgiven much. So whatever the relationship brings, when those tense moments come, even when she maybe ticks us off, the place of grace is a reminder that we look to Christ the author and perfecter of our faith. It's him that we look to. It's he that gives us the strength. And so what a, what a great 
what a great discussion. And hopefully, as you've tuned into this podcast, it has been of help to you and encouragement to you. We've been discussing 1 Peter 3, verse 7. If you want to look that up, I encourage men who are married to commit that one to memory. Put it on your mirror of your bathroom, and when your wife looks over and sees this verse, she'll be so impressed <laughs> she will love you more. She will buy, she will find you even more attractive. And she will also point out the ways in which you are not living with her in an understanding way, which will be edifying and helpful. Because it's an opportunity to love her better. Amen. Well, guys, thanks so much. Michael, Brett, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to be here. All right. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time at the next Man Challenge podcast.